All right, coming up. I'm doing it. I'm running a podcast with two teenagers. It's the first one. We brought in Caden. We brought in George. And we're going at it. So this is going to be fun. We're going to do an MLB postseason update. We got those rounds going on. We got some games going on tonight. We already had the Houston game. Rangers are playing right now. So we're going to update you guys on those series. Just real quick, that'll just be a a quick overview of where we stand with those. And then we're going to do our weekly NFL review preview. So that's going to be where we review week five and we preview week six. So we're looking forward to bringing that to you. It's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. All right, here we go. So we're starting off with the MLB postseason review, uh, where these series stand. First off, in the AL, we got the Astros up 2-1. to one. That's pretty much going according to plan for me. I had the Astros you know, making it through to the World Series this year, and the reasons why are, are coming true here. We're seeing Altuve and Alvarez just being dominant at the plate. Alvarez looks amazing. He hit another. I think he's got four home runs so far in, in just three, three games. games. He's looking fantastic. In game one, Verlander came out, getting it done at 40 years old, looking fantastic. So, again, Houston leading 2-1 in that series, and they're looking good. I'm pretty sure they're going to finish that one up. You guys got any thoughts on that series? George, what do you think about the Houston Astros? I think that their pitching is not as deep to make a run. I think they can get past the Twins, but come the championship series, I think they're going to be taken down by the Rangers because of the pitching. Gotcha. Okay, Caden, what do you think? I think you had the Rangers. You had the Rangers making it through. That was one of your guesses. Yeah, I I just feel like I just feel like the Astros. I'm not really sure. I just have a feeling they're just gonna crunch that. I think they're just depending on too many people. I mean, too just like too much like too much of Jordan Alvarez and um you know I just feel like I don't think they're in crunch time. Crunch time. I just don't think not a lot of people are gonna step up and. Team like the Rangers, you can see right now when they're playing the Orioles, they're playing like a team, and I think like them playing like a team, everybody can contributing. I think that's going to be more than I think that's going to overwhelm the Astros, and they're not going to they're not going to know how to respond. I'll tell you what I think. I think the Rangers are up 2-0 on the Orioles, and it looks like they're going to finish them off as the pod is live right now. Six nothing. We got the Rangers up six nothing, so it looks like they're going to finish that series off, and it's pretty sad. It's sad because the Orioles had such a great year. Um, the that northeast corner is not doing too well with sports right now, so I feel kind of for once we got to feel bad for that northeast corner. It's usually got the Yankees and the Patriots and all these teams that win every year. So right now they're going to have a little sorrow, especially like I said after a fantastic year out of that team. However, when the Rangers run into the Astros and we're going to have a little Texas showdown, so there's not going to be any jet lag on that trip. They're going to be nice and close together. I think pitching's the question for the Rangers. I mean, they had. Scherzer, is he going to be available? We don't know. Probably not. And if he is, is he going to be himself? The Grom's out. Okay. And it's going to help them to get the sweep and kind of get themselves set up for that series. But I'm not sure that they're going to have it. I mean, the Astros got the experience. They were there last year. They took it down. And I think they're dialed in right now. I think the Astros are ready for postseason baseball. I think you're going to see them back in the, in the World Series against my NL pick, the Braves. But are you guys we're pretty much in agreement here i mean they're going to finish up the orioles and then you guys got any thoughts on this orioles ranger series in general yeah i think the rangers are just going to clean it today and move on okay now about you they're just going to finish up you think yeah but i feel like you i really feel like the orioles they're going to be at least make a fight you saw yes uh 
the in game two in Baltimore, the Orioles they made like a really good push. They uh, I think they made they could could it down to three or two, but I mean this team keeps battling and I think they're gonna make it interesting. One comment I wanted to make was in, in game two, Seager had five walks. I just take little snippets of these games and find the most interesting things. I think to see a guy walk five times, I'm thinking, who's do they, do they think this guy's Bonds? You know, in the early 2000s, I mean, it's they must feel like they can get to the other guys, right, on the team if you're going to be walking Seager five times in one game. I think Seager go yard today, Caden? Yeah. Yeah, Seager went yard today, so he looks like he's dialed in for the playoffs. But again, who do you want for your playoff run? Do you want Seager, who's kind of an unproven guy in terms of postseason ability, or do you want a guy like Alvarez who's showing that when the postseason comes, this dude's going to show out and he's going to be one of the top offensive guys out there. So that's why for me, I'm going with the experience, but hey, We'll be on this pod again, and we'll be talking about that one. So I'm going to jump over to the NL. I mean, by far, this is going to be the most exciting series in this round is the Phillies and Braves. I mean, this thing is awesome. Uh, You had the Phillies take the first game, and I obviously took the Braves in this series. Caden took the Phillies, and I think George had the Phillies also uh, making it to the World Series. So watching this, I feel like the Phillies missed their shot here. They had a chance. They had the Braves backs against the wall. They were up 4-3 to three in the 8th. 4-0 into the 6th. Yeah, think. right, exactly. 4-0 in the 6th, 4-3 into the 8th. Just the lucky plays happened. These were not Robert. lucky plays. This is what big the Braves hits. do to you. The Braves got big offensive production when they needed it most. They really are not hitting in this series. The Braves, I think, in that game only had like four or five hits the whole game. They really had a no-hitter going through the 5th, I think. Exactly. So the Braves' offense has really not been there. But when you have a team like the Braves, when you have a team that just – guy after guy after guy can battle you you feel like eventually somebody's going to get you and that's what happened in that game Acuna gets hit by a pitch Albies the ne- yeah Albies Albies got out right no he got yeah, a single he- to right no no Albies grounded out remember okay. they got him at first oh, okay. they got him at first that got Acuna to second Acuna stole third yeah. but with two outs uh, Riley Right. Two outs, Riley and he hits, hit that hits the homer with one hand. Takes the hand off just the bat. Just shows the strength he has to do that. I mean, it's a slider low in the zone, and he finds the barrel, and he did that. So they're going into so they're going into the top of the ninth. They're up one run after that big shot by Riley, and just a really exciting play, which was just cool to see. It, postseason baseball, when you see the guys up and you see everybody excited. Well, Bryce has all year. They've always been an energetic team. Harper walks to lead off the inning. Then I think he got. I think they, they got a strikeout, so they had one out. Harper on first, and Castellanos hits a bomb basically to the wall. Uh, Harris makes a fantastic catch, throws it in, and doubles ends up doubling off Harper at first with a really heads up play by uh, Riley. Riley came over from third base, also play. backs up the overthrow. Uh, the guy, you know, Harris missed the cutoff basically, backs it up, scoops it, still gets Harper at first. Really heads up play. And you know what? Harper, you knew exactly what Harper was trying to do there. Harper was trying to basically, he wanted to tie the game right there. And he tried to read it. He tried to make a break. So you can't really fault him there for being aggressive and trying to make that play. But again, you could just feel this series. You saw the Braves hype. And you know going to Philly, the fans are going to be insane over there. So I'm looking forward to seeing that series switch over to Philadelphia, watching the Philly fans in that first round, in that wild card round. That was just exciting. What are your thoughts, George, on that Phillies uh, Braves series? I think game two, you got to put them away. Because with how good their offense is, 
you just gotta get up 2-0, and then you're going back home, which the energy is just crazy. But going back um, home, you gotta win at least one of these. You can't right. yeah. lose both. I think this one's going five. Yeah. I mean, I just don't <laughs> see any way that the Braves Phillies don't go five. I just think there's neither team really. Also, I thought I was going five last year, and they won two because of the fans. Neither team seems like they got the pitching that's just going to shut the other team down. I just think it's going to teeter totter the whole way. I think you're going to see like the Braves take three, Phillies take four, Braves take five. That's what I think. Uh, I know that the Phillies. The Phillies can beat them. I mean, the Phillies can beat the Braves. They got the hitting. I mean, they have a, their own little murderer's row in there from, you know, two to five. They, they're they tough. So the Phillies can do it. And then moving on to the next one. This one just looks like the Diamondbacks are going to run right through the Dodgers, which I said I thought the Diamondbacks could do it. I didn't think they were going to. But, man, it happens fast in these five-game series, doesn't it? Like these five-game series, it's like, bang, you're down two games. Where are you going to go? I mean, you're... Are, can the Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks three games in a row? I don't think so. You don't have that much time. I mean, you look here. Betts doesn't have a hit. They can't get out of the first inning. Kershaw got rocked in game one. Um, the second game, the starter actually performed fairly well. He just couldn't get out of the first. He gave up a few runs, and then he then he kind of settled in after that. But once you give up those first few runs in the postseason, it it's like, yeah, it does. It totally changes the momentum. Especially we can't score. Exactly. Exactly. And you're also, like I said, if you're not getting, you need like special performances out of your offensive guys. Not just your normal, hey, yeah, he was two for three and scored a run. Like you need these guys to have extra base hits. That's you what the Rangers big, have. Yeah, we're not talking about the Rangers. I'm telling you, that's the what, NL. NL. I I'm, I'm just saying that's why. That's why they're you're doing right, timely good, That's hitting. why they're gonna make it to the World Series. We'll see about that. I think the Dodgers only have two runs through these two yeah. games. I had uh, four oh, runs, four games. runs, oh, but four yeah. runs in two games. I yeah, mean, that's, that's not. not gonna, and the no. Diamondbacks have seventeen, I think, or more than that. And you know what? This this manager they got. This guy seems to push the right buttons. He yeah. seems like he's got his guys figured out. You know what I mean? Like those young managers that are not young. I shouldn't say young, but those those newer managers really feel like they got their guys figured out. That's where he seems like he is. And he's let's be honest, he's got a young, confident team. You bring in a team like the Diamondbacks, if they would have lost their first game or something in the postseason, but they got hot, they're on that little run, they remind me of that team that can just make that push. You know, that, that young team that gets hot at the right time. Any other thoughts on these Diamondbacks and uh, Dodgers? This is a young team you gotta watch out for. I just don't. I just think. Um, I just think they got a really young team, and with I think they just have a good enough veteran. Uh, they got a really young team, but I think they need some veterans in that clubhouse to really, when things are going downhill, to keep them uh, confident. You got guys like Evan Longoria, Christian Walker. You got guys like that who are uh, confident and uh, that have veteran experience. So I think that's gonna help them. Let me ask you guys a, quick, a question. How do you think this new MLB postseason thing is working out for the MLB? Do you think it's as intended? It feels like the teams getting the break are not – it's not working out for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're giving these teams that won during the regular season, they're you know, the top division winners, you're giving them this break. Well, and I feel like baseball – hang on, hang just on. Kinda seems Baseball's like, a rhythm game. It just kind of seems like they're playing for nothing. For like the first, like when they clinch and they're up by so much. For example, like the Braves, like they're already up, like they're already up big time going into like August and September, and then they just they don't have any like thing to play for. They just want they just want to like just win. 
Yeah, but when you go into your first series and it's a five game series, right? So you right away you almost feel like you, you got to get that first game, and these guys haven't been playing. Yeah. You know, it's like, is that break helping them? And I think that the no. the results are starting to show that the break's not helping Too cocky. Well, More of these wild card advancers are winning in this series. Well, the Diamondbacks, since they're so hot. Would you yeah. guys stop cutting me off so I could finish what I'm saying, all right? I'm, ahead, I'm making a point. I think George the Diamondbacks, seems like since they're he's so hot, that this break is going to slow their offense down. Even though they showed it didn't matter, but I think going... Like, it's just going to slow them down. If they get the sweep. If they get the sweep, yes. But again, if they get the sweep and Phillies Braves go five, that is going to put a break in there. And yeah. that'll be interesting to see. But again, it's like a toss-up always between being able to set up your rotation, you know, and having that rest. It's like you want a little bit of rest, but not too much. I think offensively at- it's not very good because the timing's off. And not like I just feel like my thing pitching-wise, they're fresh, they're ready to go. So I think uh, defensively, and pitching-wise, I think the break's good. But offensively, I think they want to continue to have their timing on continue for them to get locked in. I don't think the break helps them a lot. I think you always need a large sample size to figure out what's going on. And I think after, if this is the system that the baseball decides to go with, I'm curious after about five or ten years what the record ends up being for the teams that made it through the wild card, how many were able to that. Because right now it looks like those teams are having the advantage even though they don't have you know, home field. All right. We're moving on. We're jumping to our NFL review preview. So we're going to review a little bit of week five, and then we're going to preview a little bit of week six. We're kind of doing this in mini segments here. And the first segment we're going to call the weekly overachievers. And basically what we're doing there is we're going to take two teams, one from the AFC, one from the NFC, that we think played well enough in week five to look like they could be a potential Super Bowl matchup. So, but it's not going to be your main, you know, your Chiefs and teams like that. It's just going to be two teams in those divisions that played well enough in that specific week that could potentially be a Super Bowl type of team, okay? The matchup that I'm going with after reviewing the week is I'm going with the Jags in the AFC and the Lions in the NFC. So, again, I don't think anybody's predicting a Jaguar-Lions Super Bowl at this stage of the season. But if we break this down into week five, right, and we're just looking at the games that were just played, the Jaguars were able to beat the Bills. And the Bills going into that week were considered by many to be one of the top two teams in the league, probably just behind the 49ers. They had just beat the Dolphins, who looked invincible. And I actually mentioned it on the Padres. I think this is a dangerous game for the Bills. I think the Jaguars could get them there. And certainly that's what ended up happening. And when you look at it, it seemed like the Jaguars, you think they do have the pieces, right? They got the pieces to do it. They got a pretty de- pretty good defense. They got Trevor Lawrence. He's fantastic. I mean, he doesn't, he's not putting up the big numbers right now, but he's also not making a lot of mistakes either. He's kind of given what the game, you know, taking what the game gives him essentially. ETN is just a game breaker. I mean, he's got such field speed. He, you put the ball in his hands, and he can do some amazing things. So the Jaguars are a team, when you only look at a five-game sample size, where you say, hey, if they get hot, they got a really good coach, and they could be interesting. They could make a push. And now on the NFC side, the Lions are starting to, to look really interesting too. Um, they wiped out the Panthers, which was expected. But again, some of the I think the Lions are 4-1 now. They're in pretty you know, solid control in their division. It certainly looks like they're going to be a playoff team. Why not? Why not? So my overachiever weird Super Bowl matchup of the of week five is going to be Jags-Lions. At the end of the year, we're going to uh, 
check the tape on some of these and see if some of these weird matchups came to fruition. George, did you have a, a strange one that you thought maybe from a couple of the teams or maybe steal mine and take a different one or something like that? Yeah, I'm going to steal yours. I mean, the um, Lions, when they're healthy, they can be really good. I mean, they're a little banged up. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's hurt right now, and Jameer Gibbs was out this week, but they still showed that they can dominate, not such a great team. And then the Jaguars, I think they have such a young team, good uh, wide receiver core with Kirk and Ridley, good back, and then a great quarterback. So I think um, those two teams have a chance. Yep. Yeah, and I also think the, I also think they have great coaching. I mean, you got a guy like Dan Campbell. Uh, he, I mean, he's a, I believe he's an NFL. He he used to be an NFL player. I mean, he just he's a great coach, and I think that's going to help him, especially if they want to make a playoff run. Yeah, I don't make you. a good Did, point. He is he's he is a good coach. He's a motivator, and he really gets those guys going. The Jaguars have Doug Peterson or Patterson, yeah. who won the Super Bowl with the Eagles in twenty eighteen. I yeah, think it was. yeah, I think it was 18. So he has the experience of playoffs. And, yeah, and the Jags games. made it last year, and yeah. the Lions, you're starting to see that progression out of them. So that's kind of our weird overachiever of the week. I'm curious because I think in the NFL, the, it changes so much week to week where you think you have these dominant teams, and then you know the next week hits and you go, oh, that team's not what we thought they were. So what's to say that one of our surprise Super Bowl matchups won't come to fruition by the end of the year? We could be looking at a Jaguars team that ends up running away with the South. Certainly doesn't look like there's any reason that Detroit can't run away with the North. So um, there is some potential there with that one. The next segment we're going to is we're going to... You forgot our, about what I was going to say. Did you have to? Yes. Because I thought you were just joining the party on the Jags-Lions. What do you no, got? No, what do you got then? no. All right, let's hear what you got. So, for the NL, I, I, got, I, I got some surprises. <laughs> I want one surprise. Okay. NFC. All right, all right, all right. Okay, okay, I want okay, some. Okay. All right, computer man, what do you got? So, for so I'm going to go with... Oh, no. <laughs> we the Jets. <laughs> okay. okay. Versus... All right, he's going, he's going true. He's... The, you know the Jets play the Eagles this week. I'm going Jets playing the Seahawks. Because right. hear me out. I, I don't mind it. I it's think this Jets defense is, is Rodgers coming back this year? No. <laughs> yes. Zach Wilson, I believe, is going to do enough. I believe the coaching is going to be good, and I feel like he's going to step up, and they're going to they're really going to find a way to use this team right. And I really feel like this defense. I think this team's going to come together. And for the Seahawks, wait, wait, who's the quarterback? Is Wilson. it Kirk Cousins? No, oh, it's Wilson. Wilson. Okay, so Wilson's... I think Wilson is really gonna do good. I I I believe in him, yeah. and because of the Seahawks, I mean they just continued. I mean this they got a really good base of this team. Gee, I really I really feel like Geno Smith is good. They got a good running game. They got solid receivers. Their defense is if they can piece everything together. I'm telling you, I think they're gonna. I think they can make a push. Okay, so you're surprised. Super Bowl matchup from based on we'll go based on week five performances. Did the Jets even win? Did the Jets win? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take it. I'm anyway. telling you, Zach okay. Wilson. Yes, they won. They beat the oh, Browns. Oh, they did win. Oh, they did. That's right. That's right. It okay. was the, and then who'd you have in the NFC? He's got Seattle. Seahawks. They didn't play, but that's all right. That's yeah, all right. You can right. take him. That could. That's his week five. He thinks maybe Pete Carroll knows how to coach. Pete Carroll was flinging the ball around the other. Did you see that from the practice footage? Pete Carroll, seven years old, was flinging the ball around at practice. He was running RPOs. The guy's a maniac. All right, so we're jumping. 
We're jumping to our weekly media overreactions. I put down a couple. You guys can join in with anything you want. But my first <laughs> media overreaction is Brock Purdy is a top five quarterback in the league. Now, you guys may argue with me and tell me that he is this year and so on and so forth. But I always say pump the brakes, okay? The 49ers are loaded. The 49ers offensively are just stacked. CMC in the backfield. Kittle, tight end. Ayuk, wide out. Debo, wide I mean, these are weapons. These guys are like, if you're ranking in the league, no one's going to tell me when McCaffrey's not healthy that he's not, he's probably the best running back in the league, but no one would argue that he's not top three. Um, the way Ayuk is playing, he's climbing the ranks there in the wide receiver position. Debo is just an animal. Debo is just a football player that you want on your team. Well, Kittle's a top three tight end behind Kelsey and probably um, the guy in in Baltimore, Andrews, and then Kittle's right there when he's healthy. He's phenomenal. So he's got the weapons to deal with. Again, I always, I always think when a quarterback has a phenomenal defense and really good offensive weapons, it allows them to kind of maybe be a little more than they are. So I don't know. Purdy certainly has showed out. I think he's won. What's he won? His first 11 starts. He's very accurate with the ball. I think he's playing phenomenal, but I would tell the media, let's pump the brakes on the guy, okay, and let's see what happens, because he got hurt in the NFC, what was it, the NFC Championship last year, and the 49ers went, and they were gone, just like that, by the Eagles. Well, so, I mean, the, the Eagles were really prepared. I mean, they had a lot of confidence going. And well, the I, Eagles I are like a phenomenal Brock, team. You're going to have to go through the Eagles again. Brock Purdy is experienced. This is, uh, he, <laughs> he's experienced. Yeah, he's done. He's He's gotten to the playoffs. Do you use a third string coming into last year? Do you really think he was expecting to be in the NFC Championship game? This year, he was expecting to be a starter. He's winning big games, and I'm telling you. So you think he is top five? Yes. When you okay, I don't have him top five. Right now, I think he's top five because if you give him that offense with all those weapons. You're part of the weekly immediate overreaction. Yeah. <laughs> and then you give him a top defense that has just been shutting down the Cowboys, who I think have a phenomenal offense with Mike McCarthy running it. Well, I, that, that, I think the defense is phenomenal. Oh, it is. And that kind of leads me into my second media overreaction of the week, which is the Cowboys stick. So the Cowboys are so overcovered in the national media that like one week they're the best team in the league and the next week they can't beat anybody, which I find hilarious because the Cowboys are definitely a team that – you know, they. <laughs> you watch them and you think to yourselves, okay, one week they actually do look like they're phenomenal, and the next week they do look like they're garbage. So they, it is hard to figure out. But here's what I'll tell you about the Cowboys. The Cowboys are average, right? Yeah. They beat bad teams. They lose to good teams. They're they an average the Cardinals, team. Too, so. and the, but the Cardinals have played in games this year. The Cardinals have played in games, and the Cardinals have been pretty darn, you know, they've been competitive this year, and I think that people didn't think they were going to be. So I think basically the Cowboys, they beat it, you know, they, they win against bad, they lose against good, and they're average. And let's be honest, that's the face of their quarterback, right? Their quarterback is an average player. He's an average player. The media likes to talk about him a lot. I honestly say, George, you're a Bears fan, so you might be able to speak on this. I think he's Dallas's equivalent of Jay Cutler. You... You knew when Jay Cutler was on the Bears that they would never win with him. They would win games, but they were not going to win. They were never going to. And you could have the Bears had years with Cutler where they had phenomenal defenses. They had some good offensive tools, but you just knew they wouldn't win. And that's the way I feel about Dak Prescott. He's he's a solid player. He's an average quarterback. They're not going to win with him. 
They're not going to win because they can't find their identity, right? Like if you find your identity through your defense, like I always said, everybody thinks, oh, Dallas's defense this. No, Dallas's defense, you saw what happened to them against the Niners. They're not ready. They're not at that level that people were talking about them being at. And then they're try- that means they're trying to get more and more out of the offense, and Dak can't deliver on that level. He would be he might be able to run a team as a game manager, but that's not the Cowboys' mindset going in. They try to be too aggressive offensively. So my opinion is that the media talks too much about the Cowboys. They are an average team with an average quarterback. Um, they got some really fun defensive guys to watch, but even those guys are a little bit overrated. I mean, even like Parsons, who's who's an unbelievable player, you know, he's not really dominant in the run game. He doesn't shed blocks very easily. I mean, he's got parts of his game that he needs to work on. And I, I think that the media just kind of glazes over that. So that's my other media reaction. Do you guys have any uh, have any media reactions that you or media overreactions of the week that you came up with? Uh, I came up with Justin Fields as a top 10 quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that just the Bears media, you think? Or did you? I don't think the Bears. I, I mean, are you hearing are- this? Yeah. What? His stats are similar to Patrick Mahomes. He's I played mean, the Broncos and the Commanders. Yeah, but against the Commanders, he had no interceptions, four passing touchdowns. And did you did you yards. watch him in the second half? He played. He almost let the I mean the. Yeah, he did let the Broncos back. He let the, the Broncos game. back. In. Well, he didn't let them back in. That but was the Bears. Defense. Let the Bears yeah. let them back, but they stopped scoring. I mean, yeah. what, you know, so. As a Bears fan, he, then, okay, so if you'd you... You'd have better stats if he was a running back. As a Bears fan, George, because we're not, like, diehard Bears fans oh. in this house. Caden's oh. a Saints fan. I just love watching NFL football, so we're not there. But do you want them to win? The Bears? Yeah. Not this year. I don't, <laughs> I don't think How can you be a fan and I don't, not let, want them win? Because I want them to lose and get a good pick, just get more weapons, because they're not competitive it, against is, any good teams. I mean, you saw what happened against the Chiefs. Green Bay killed them. Tampa Bay just started killing them at the end. They just can't close out games. And so this is why, if you so if you think Justin Fields is so good, then why do you want the Bears to lose so they can get Caleb Williams? You I can't didn't say have Caleb two Williams. quarterbacks. I didn't say Caleb Williams. Well, Caleb Williams, if you're gonna get the one pick, they're basically forced to take it. Or you trade it and then pick Marvin Harrison with the other pick. Don't you find? Don't you find? And they'll it make Marvin, Marvin Harris. Marvin Harrison. Hear me out on this though. Don't you find it interesting that all these teams start talking about tanking to get the next greatest quarterback? When you, when you actually look at the NFL, the two best teams in the league right now, in my opinion, are the Eagles and the 49ers. The analysis of quarterbacks by scouts, by TV analysts, by whoever, they have no idea what they're talking about. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. I don't even know what round that is. He was okay. the last pick of the draft. Exactly. I don't even know what round that's in, the last pick of the draft. 35. But it's way out there, right? It's way deep in the draft. That's where this guy fell to, right? And right now, we just talked about it. He looks like one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He's on what looks like the best team in the league. He's playing very well. And he's cheap. Who else is cheap or was cheap? I don't know the status of his contract right now. Jalen Hurts. Again, quarterbacks that are getting picked up later and playing for good teams. That's what's happening. That's like, honestly, Mahomes was the same scenario. Picked up later, but his team was already five good. years. His team, what's he? So they finally paid him, but yeah. he didn't. This was that was just recent when they were building that. 
Hertz was a savings to them, and that's what you're seeing. And it gives the team greater flexibility. So dumping all your money into a, a rookie quarterback, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look back and really study if that strategy is working for teams. I, I can't think of a scenario off the top of my head, um, you know, where it has really worked recently. Again, the Chiefs were already basically loaded when they brought in Mahomes. Um, you know, the Jaguars are starting to turn the corner with Lawrence. He was obviously a top pick, but but I'm you know you look, again. Proof is in the pudding, right? The top two teams in the league right now. I would, I would guarantee, I would almost guarantee you'll probably see one of those teams in the Super Bowl this year, and their quarterbacks were not guys that were tanked for. Okay, all right. So we're gonna move on. We're gonna do a little fantasy corner here, which I find interesting because we got George, the two-time, what is it, two-time league defending champ? Is that what he we got? Cheated one. <laughs> I didn't cheat. Well, George has had a little bit of luck in his corner in this league that they're a little in. bit. He backed into the playoffs one year and then Last dominated the playoffs. Yeah, so he, but but I got to give it to him. George puts together good squads. Now, he interestingly cheated. enough, this year we have the opposite ends of the spectrum in the league. We got the five and zero George and the zero and five Caden in the same room. So you guys take advice from whoever you uh, you see fit, but Caden and George are on opposite ends of the spectrum this year. My thing here for fantasy, the segment's going to be give us one that flies and one that dies. So for week for week six, we're each going to give a guy that we think is going to have a big week and one guy that we think is going gonna, is gonna to fall down this week. And for me, I got Josh Allen playing the Giants. Uh, they're coming back from, um, you know, they're coming back. Are, they're coming back, right? They're not staying in London, are they? That game's here. Yeah, they're coming back. They're coming back, uh, coming off a loss, and the Giants are just, they're lost right now. Yeah. And Saquon. Yeah, it doesn't, uh-huh. Saquon hasn't been playing. It looks like Jones is questionable this week. Uh, they have no offensive line. I just see the Bills getting a ton of opportunities to really go to town there. The only thing that might hold them down fantasy-wise is if they get up too much too early or have a bunch of running touchdowns early in the game. I don't see that game being competitive. Again, sometimes the Giants surprise you. But, again, I think Josh Allen's going to have a big week. So I'll go Josh Allen there. And then on, on the dies, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go Lawrence. I just – history has taught me, even back from the Manning days, the AFC South – is where games go to die. Like they just, the teams always play each other close. The games always seem a little bit messy. I want Lawrence to have a good week. I'm waiting for him to have that breakout statistical week that he hasn't really had yet. But I don't think it's going to be this week. I think they're they're playing the Colts. I just don't see that being a breakout week for him. I think he's probably going to have a lackluster fantasy performance. But we'll see what happens. George, you got any thoughts on your one that flies, one that dies? For my flies, I got Adam Thielen. I mean, okay. he's been really consistent, and then he's going into Miami, who's um, not great against the pass. They got a good defense, don't get me wrong, but their passing defense has not been great all year. So I think he's going to succeed once again this week. Uh, a player that dies is Lamar Jackson. I mean... I was thinking about him, too. He just They just lost to the Steelers, and he just hasn't been great all season going against... Tennessee, who's got, I think, a really solid pass rush. So I think they're going to shut him down. Okay. And I still have the Ravens, but Lamar's not going to have a great week. Gotcha. Caden, who, who are you thinking? So what do you got? Look sleep- out. This could get ugly, people. Listen. The sleeper I'm picking. Actually, I got two because. So, first so you I got, got two that are flying. Yes. KJ Osborne. Now, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is placed on yeah, the IR. They literally said, the coach said. They love to throw on it. Quotes, on quotes, KJ Osborne is going to be taking over. It says on my fantasy app, 
KJ Osborne to take over Justin Jefferson role. And this guy's a lot of potential. He's just been taking like a lot of I'm it's not a you, bad fly. That's not is, a bad fly. This guy's been consistent. When he's getting the targets, he's been doing good. Against Philly, he had he had twelve points. Against the Chargers, uh he had ten points. He just needs big plays and he he needs the ball to throw to him. He needs someone he needs to get the ball thrown to him, and he's and, and he will, ball. dude. Cousins throws and the then, ball. And then another guy. Now, I'm, oh now talk me after this week. This guy will have a blowout week. I know he's only scored twenty points this whole year, but Imara DiCamparo. He plays. <laughs> he plays for the Cardinals. I like it. I know. I, he scored uh, zero points week one, two points week two. I think. <laughs> but the positive note is. He's in week five, which is last week. He scored twelve points against Cincinnati. Ten rushes, forty-five yards, and a rushing touchdown. And he he had twelve receiving yards. So this guy, he's gonna get. Uh, I really feel like this guy's gonna get uh, more more action, and he's really gonna show you what he's made of now. Couple of sleepers. All right, you got somebody that dies. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, All right. Who you got? Um. So for week seven, um. I personally it's week six. I think. It's what, week six. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Um I personally believe that Uh oh. Puka Nakua. In pot analysis. Puka Nakua is gonna go down. Now so yes, Puka was productive last week. He's been dude. very yeah, good. But Puka's Cooper open. Puka Cooper Cup is getting locked in. This could be the first year I mean we Cooper Cup is just gonna be taking all those receptions and Puka's just Knock. He's just gonna be dead silent. Are you sitting, Puka? No, because I don't want <laughs> anybody else to play. Okay, well, we'll see what happens and there. Then the All second right. guy. Oh no, he's I, going I two and two. Like, this guy's dominating the mic tonight. I got Alvin Kamara, and I hope he does good. But I just feel like he's due for a really stinker. I mean, he's he he, he hasn't Houston. done good, but I mean, he's a great. He missed Houston. the first three weeks. I just have a feel like. I just don't know. I just feel like he's something is not. He's got a stinker coming, huh? Yeah. All right. All right. That's our flies and dies from the fantasy part. This is our final segment here. We're going best matchups of this upcoming week. I'm going to let George start us off here because he threw out the Bears Vikings. I don't know. What do we got? Is it two one and four teams? Is that what we're talking about here? All right. So what do you what do you think? What's exciting here? What's exciting here? Are we looking? Is this the uh, Jets cousin bowl? Like cousin loses this one? We think he's going to New York or what? I think the Bears coming off a great win on Thursday Night Football. A great win. Yeah, 40-20. to 20. <laughs> Going into this game with Vikings-Jefferson's out, um, I don't think their offense is going to be very productive. They might have a good run game with Madison. But I think the Bears are just going to dominate offensively and just wipe the Vikings off the field. and It's going to be good. Are you going to watch it? So do you go Bears? Like if Bears are on, are you going Bears over any other game? Not any other game. Oh, okay, so you'll watch some other ones too. I yeah. got you. Okay, here's mine. I got my favorite's going to be Lions Bucks, and and here's why. I don't think necessarily it's going to be the most exciting game out there, but I think that's going to be a who's for real game, right? Like I don't think anybody really believes in Baker, but Baker does look comfortable there. The team seems to like him. They're three and one. The Lions are four and one. I want to see who wins that game. I think that's going to be very interesting. I think if the Bucks take that game down, you're going to see that team really confident, maybe make a push in that South Division. And I'm excited about that one. Ken, you got any thoughts on that Lions-Bucks game? 
Because well, yeah, you got to be worried about the Bucks, man. You thought the Saints had that division. Now the Bucks look like they might. I think it's really gonna. I just feel like Baker Mayfield is just not gonna. I think it's really gonna show what Baker Mayfield's made of because he really likes throwing the ball. And, I, and the Lions have a great second uh, dairy coverage. I just don't know. I just feel like it's gonna be a very close game. It's really. If it, it kind of just. It's gonna feel like going into the fourth quarter. Who's gonna make the mistake? And the Lions will make a lot of mistakes. And Baker Mayfield's known for his mistakes. So. Uh, I'm picking the Lions, but you know I, I really feel like it's gonna. Um, how is Baker Mayfield gonna uh, react to it, to his mistake? Because I believe he's gonna make a lot of one, a lot of mistakes, and I feel like he's not gonna do well. And I just feel like the Lions are gonna uh, go all over him, especially in the fourth quarter. And if he game. does do well, do we think we're gonna see some Baker Mayfield Tampa Bay uh, commercials? Maybe he moves into the pirate ship or something. What do you think? <laughs> Remember the Cleveland ones where he lived in the stadium? You remember yeah, those commercials? Yeah, I'm thinking he moves into the pirate ship and goes back to those, uh, whatever they were, progressive. Or those are so, like, cringe. I don't know. I thought they were pretty good commercials. They but were, anyway, like, he was, I've heard. Like, dude with Nick Chubb. Like, Cleveland, good... Cleveland loved him, man. Cleveland loved Baker. And they pretty much rode him off with that Deshaun deal. And, um... You know, quite honestly, I hope he does well in Tampa. But we'll see what happens. I that know. that game is going to be that that game. We're going to see maybe those teams from that game. One goes up, one goes down after that game. So I'm curious to see that one. The other one I wrote down was Niners Browns, and the reason I wrote that game down is because the Browns are coming off a bye week. The Niners are riding that high. They're riding that five and zero high. You know, they took down the the lowly average Dallas Cowboys, and. It's also going to show that team that Browns defense is for real. Them boys come, and I want to see how Purdy reacts when he's got Miles Garrett coming down his neck. You know what I mean? Like, come, he's going to be he's going to be coming at him. I'm curious to see how that game rolls. So that that's a big one for me because, like I said, the the media overreaction with Purdy being a top guy. Let's see how he does against that defense. Let's see how that defense is able to handle the 49ers many different offensive weapons that they have. And let's see if the Browns are able to to come back strong off a of bye week. Watson's really got to start to look like himself. If he if he doesn't start to look like the guy from from the Texans, the guy that we were used to seeing before all his uh, scandals came down, and you know they they might start regretting doing everything they did to bring him in and let Baker go because if Baker's got those bucks rolling. And we're seeing the Deshaun Watson that we're seeing right now. That that's going to be an interesting. Well, I also situation. think it's partly coaching. Tampa Bay, I feel like, has really good coaching, and even for a guy like Justin Fields, I personally believe if Fields, um, instead of getting drafted by the Bears, he gets drafted by the Chiefs. I, I believe he's totally a different player. You know, I just feel like the Bears totally ruined it. I'm not saying he's going to be a terrible quarterback, but I'm also saying I think he's going to have a better career if he just transferred to a running back. The the I don't know about that, but the Bears the Bears do not have a good track record with quarterbacks. Just and they're actually he, he's got a point in that they're he's not gonna be a running back, but he does have a point in Can't that some organizations do um they, they run quarterbacks. Like they yeah. just can't. And let me get, ask you a question. If the Bears draft Brock Purdy, is Brock Purdy the same? No. no. Exactly. Coaching the forty nineers offense, he's probably a different player. Yeah, exactly. Coaching is exactly. key. But again, look at where they picked up Purdy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's just this. It's exactly. It's such a different. And thing. I think wait, is is there a chance that if Caleb Williams is want to go to like a Bears because they could possibly ruin him. He's just still like more year in college after this year. Yeah. So. If the Bears if the Bears lose lose out, 
I th- I'm, I'm calling. I don't think Caleb Williams is going to the NFL. He's a, he does not want to be a Bear. I Listen, wouldn't. I'm hearing about these guys not wanting to go to certain teams. I You're think that's ridiculous. You're in the NFL. You're in the NFL. If the, if, and the way the NFL is set up, the worst team gets the first pick. If you're the first pick, that's where you go. What? How are you going to delay that process? So if he delays and stays Unless in school and then goes the next year, he's going to go with the guy, the team that loses the most games the next year. Well, that says something about it's, the player that he just wants to be on a good team. But then again, he's not going to get to play if he goes to, would you say, a really good team that has a good quarterback that doesn't he's need not, him. Exactly. And he's not going to go. If he's the number one pick, it doesn't matter if it's this year or next year, He's that guy's going to be the number one pick. Yeah. He's not going to a, to a good team. team because that team's already got a QB, number one. And number two, they're not losing all their games. So, you know what? These guys got a short window to go in and make hundreds of millions of dollars playing a sport. You go to the city that picks you. And you become the franchise quarterback in that city. And that needs to be your goal as a competitor. I strongly believe that. I do understand that some of these organizations, like the Bears, have not had successful track records with quarterbacks. But at the same time, you got to go do it. I know what happened to Archie Manning in New Orleans definitely affected how he spoke with his son, Eli, about about where he was going to go. Um, and that was kind of an interesting journey. Eli did end up winning a couple Super Bowls, but where he avoided also was a, was a team that did well, pretty also, solid. I think he avoided San Diego, wasn't that who Eli yeah, avoided, or so. where his you know uh, Archie really didn't want him to go? But he Archie had that track record of like his whole career being chased down in New Orleans and getting sacked all the time and running for his life. So that was a little bit different. But this day and age, with the money these guys are making, it was different back in Archie's day. Those guys were like, if they could, if they could be a lawyer, they'd have made more money than they were making playing NFL football. So it was a different game. It was a different time. Right now, these boys need to go with the franchise that picks them. And if if the Bears are the team that don't do it, if the Patriots, what if the Patriots are there? Tell me, Caleb Williams doesn't want to go play for Belichick if he's still the coach at the he's end of the, this year. I don't think he, he helped Tom Brady become who he was. He drafted Tom Brady. Exactly, and and Brady spent the first, you know, his first three championships were basically predicated on game management and good defenses. Yeah, and the, and and also going and to balls. and <laughs> and going to a good team. They were already good. The Patriots were already good. There was no building process. There was no, you know, Manning going to the one and fifteen Colts type of thing. Well, adding on to like getting drafted by a bad team, Burrow to the Bengals. He turned them around. Exactly. Took them to the Super Bowl. Well, you also and the Bengals are a lowly franchise, yeah. right? They were they always considered a lowly yeah. franchise. Well, I, have to, I also think Burrow's always that help. He has a great running game. Well, he didn't have Chase the first year, and he still he's, al- he's always had help. He's always had Chase in high school, and and I mean Chase college. And well, he had know. the best two wide receivers in the NFL in college. Yeah, yeah. Jefferson and Chase. Chase. <laughs> and I forgot uh, how good did he do without Hilaire. Chase. How yeah. good did he do without Chase? He didn't do good. Well, he tore his ACL. Exactly. Tore no, his ACL. Burrow, Burrow's, Bur- when Burrow's right, he's a beast. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But the point being is that you can go to a franchise that's committed to you as a QB and then builds an offensive core around you like since he did, right? They gave him the weapons, and boom, look at what he's been able to do. I mean, he had him admitted yeah. to the Super Bowl. Everyone thought they were going to draft him the line and then take Chase. and Exactly. And Chase is unreal. Yeah. All right, anybody got any last thoughts on this? Because we're going to close this thing down. We're good. George, thanks for coming on tonight. We'll get you back out another time. Remember to like us and follow us on Spotify and Apple or wherever you get your pods. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Have a great night.